Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode nine of 211's Baseball Talk. My name is Dylan Baker, alongside Chris Baker. Today on the menu, we have the Indians Mariners Rays three-way deal, which is might seem like old news now, but we didn't cover it. It happened last Thursday. The Jays lose Markham native Romano in the Rule 5 draft. Jerry's Familia returns to the Mets on a three-year, $30 million deal. The Indians flip Yonder Alonso to continue a string of deals. The Orioles finally have a new manager. The Astros agreed to a deal with Michael Brantley. The Rockies and Giants are possibly eyeing two Blue Jays. Uh, the Cubs are eyeing Tulo and Descalso. We'll get into that a little bit later. You know it's going to get emotional. Um, the Mets lock down uh, Wilson Ramos for the next two years. And, of course, as always, we will close out the show with other off-season news. So, Chris, how are you doing today? I'm just fantastic, despite my slight concussion from smashing my head on a shelf. Yeah, I mean, that wasn't the smartest thing to do. <laughs> hey, I survived it. Everybody's good. Yep, except for your forehead. Uh, so, let's begin. Aaron Encarnacion was a part of a huge three-team swap last Thursday. It might seem like old news, as I mentioned, but it happened Thursday. We have to cover it. Yeah, it's a, it's a mess. But it was a three-team deal between the Indians, Mariners, and Rays. Seattle received Aaron Encarnacion from Cleveland along with $5 million from Tampa Bay, and the 77th overall pick in 2019, which I believe came from Cleveland. Cleveland received Carlos Santana, the former Indian, from Seattle, along with $6 million also from Seattle, and first baseman outfielder Jake Bowers from Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay received Yandy Diaz, a third baseman and first baseman, along with Cole Salser, a right-handed pitching prospect, once again from Cleveland. So Cleveland sends... Uh, players to both sides. Seattle only sends uh, Carlos Santana to Cleveland, and Tampa Bay sent money and a player. Thoughts on the deal? Ebony, ebony, ebony. That, I think I got all that. Can you repeat all of that? <laughs> I'd rather not. <laughs> uh, a little bit of a surprising deal. I'm a little bit surprised that Eddie's still in Seattle. I had heard there was some thoughts of him going to Tampa Bay and being flipped. Do you hear that Jerry DePoto actually made that deal from a hospital bed? I did hear that, yes. Pretty cool. Anyway, continue. I made no deals from the couch when I hit my head this, this evening, so good for him <laughs> to do that right from a hospital bed. But uh, I think it's a good deal. I, I, I don't get the Mariners at all right now. I, I really don't. But like, I mean, I guess if they could, if they keep Eddie, then that makes zero sense. But if they don't, which I highly doubt they will, but uh, then that makes more sense because he's an asset to trade to somebody else. But right now they haven't done that. So right now they're sitting with Edwin Encarnacion and. and Yet got rid of Robbie Cano, who's one of his best friends. I'm not really sure what's going on in Seattle right now. Very confusing deal for me, but maybe there's more to this, and it might uh, transpire in the new year what's going on the rest of the way. But so far, strange deal. I'm a little bit confused, less on what Seattle is doing. I'm more confused as to what Cleveland is doing, because they've won the NL Central three years in a row. Yeah, the NL Central was a pile of dog poo last year uh, for a division, but they are still the three-time reigning champs of the NL Central. So are they saying we're not going to compete this year or are they going to keep enough pieces to compete and just get rid of some added all-stars, which sounds like something ridiculous to say. Well, I don't think, I mean, the weird thing is they could probably win the division with a one-eyed purple goat at first. <laughs> so, so basically, you know, I think, which is the one, which is the goat I saw this evening after hitting my head. 
But wow, um, you are relentless with that, aren't you? Well, you know, I have to, I have to drop a few jokes on it. But, um, <laughs> but you know what? I think, uh, I, I think that there's some truth to what I just said, regardless of the goat comment. Mm-hmm. I, I think that they have the opportunity to win this division with very little talent, and that's a scary thought. But, but watch out, Harper! Harper is going to the uh, to the White Sox. I'm telling you right if, now. <laughs> if that happens, I'll be shocked. And if that happens, so will Cleveland. And I think Cleveland will regret every move they've made if that happens. But right now they look at their own division and they go, we have to compete against this. And, you know, you've got a Kansas City Royals team. You've got a Detroit Tigers team. You've got a Chicago White Sox team, Sands Harper, that (laughs) is really not going to challenge you in any way. So why not deal some of your assets and, and, and actually try to build up your prospect base for the next wave. And maybe you can extend your window of competition by taking very little on this time and having all these, these prospects down the road that are ready to go. You can just compete and compete and compete. And I think that's something that actually Shapiro is trying to do in Toronto as much as fans are afraid of this, this whole process. Cleveland connection. Cleveland connection. Yeah, absolutely. But I think that there's, but you know what? I think it's a good connection. I think, yeah, Toronto fans are about to go through some, some tough years and, and maybe just one or two, but uh, but but what's being set up behind that are maybe 10 years of competition. So, you know, you got to be patient a little bit as a fan base. Cleveland's got a great opportunity here because they're looking at, at, at competing regardless of the talent they have on the field. And, I mean, who wouldn't want to be in that division right now? Oh, yeah. Jays could have won it last year. Moving yes, on. Um, last Thursday was the Rule 5 draft. We had previously predicted that Blue Jays would lose Unprotected right-handed pitcher Jordan Romano and unprotected center fielder Forrest Wall in that draft. They ended up only losing Romano to the White Sox and Travis Bergen, I believe he's a pitcher, to the Giants. Now, before my next point, let me remind you of the Rule 5 rules. The player selected in the draft must remain on the big league roster of the team he's selected by for the entirety of the next season. Otherwise, he gets offered back to his previous team after that year, I believe. So what is the most logical move here? Selecting a guy like Romano, who is seemingly big league ready. But let's remember who we're talking about here. Shapiro and Atkins. The Blue Jays picked Elvis Luciano, I'm going to call him. I don't know if it's Luciano or Luciano. I'm going to call him Luciano. An 18-year-old right-handed starter for the Royals who has to stay on the roster all year long next year. He's 18. That's not going to happen. <laughs> what, on is earth, still cracking. <laughs> what on earth were they thinking? Luciano does have a very good arm. I'm not going to deny that, but he's never pitched above a rookie. How how on earth will this work out for the Blue Jays? Um, <laughs> this is maybe the toughest question you've asked. I'm, I'm all trying nine episodes of this, but uh, we are at nine, right? Yeah, I'm trying to look yeah. on the positive side of this, but I no, I, no, no. There's a positive. I mean, he's got a good arm. I, but I he's 18 and he hasn't pitched above rookie. Hey, hey, I'm trying to talk, eh? Sorry, your point. <laughs> not mine, not mine. I'm sorry. <laughs> I said, I was just about to say, I don't know how you're going to have this kid do this. I, I really don't. I mean, 18 years old, he's got to come up to the big leagues and he's got to stay all season long. Mm-hmm. You're not even doing that with Vlad, Drew, Vlad Guerrero Jr. You're not. I mean, that's the crazy thing. The guy's that 19 and you're not still bringing him did up things for the you. whole year. You're going to hold him down. How are you going to have this 18-year-old pitcher stay up in the big leagues long enough that you can actually keep him for the future. I'm not really sure. Now, 
Adkins has said that there's there's some opportunity in the bullpen for this kid. But, but they I mean, said all... that he also said that they expect him to be a starter. Yeah, I well, I, eventually. But I think for now, I mean, what, the best way to do this is if you want to keep him all year, you put him on the big league roster, you put him in the bullpen, and you never pitch him. I mm-hmm. mean, unless he's good. And then if he's good, great. If you, if he's not, you just sit him for a while. But, you know, I, I just don't know how else you, you would do this. This is a very risky move for the Blue Jays. To be able to say that you're going to keep an 18-year-old on the major league roster for an entire season is, is I, I mean, it's asinine, really. But the, the reality is they're going to have to. They have no choice. They mm-hmm. drafted him. And, you know, sorry to see Romano go. I think that's terrible. I, I, the fact that we left him unprotected or we, I'm, I'm not on the chase, but they left him unprotected. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, we knew this was going to happen, Dylan, but terrible to see yeah. him go. And then we pick up this 18-year-old kid we may not be able to keep. So very strange, very strange. Yeah, and the fact that it was our only pickup from the Rule 5 draft was a little bit upsetting to me. But on the bright side, we didn't lose Forrest Wall, so that's a good thing. Moving that on. good. We went to the wall for him. Oh, <laughs> please, not today. Uh, so, Jerry's Familia. Son. Jerry's Familia, uh, the longtime Mets closer, actually used to be a setup man to Henry Mejia before that guy did it crap load of PEDs, was traded last year from the Mets to the A's at the deadline. But it seems a successful reliever is ready to return to the Big Apple. Familia was a key piece of the A's late season push last year, and now it seems he will continue the setup role that he had for Blake Trinan, this time to Edwin Diaz. This deal kind of surprised me due to the fact that Familia would have to be a setup man. So what did you make of this deal? By the way, three years, 30 million for Familia. What did you make of the deal? Uh, it's a good deal. I mean, I, I don't know what else to say about it. It's very simple. Uh, I mean, three years, 30 million seems fair for him. And, and, you know, I don't really have much of an opinion on this until you see how it goes. I mean, relievers are fickle. You know, you can be a great reliever last cool. year and be in the tank the next year. So, you know, it's hard to really comment on a reliever deal. I know everybody wants to comment on every deal that's being made in the off season, but you know, for relievers, it's really hard because you look at a Brett Cecil deal that came last two years ago, and you know how, what's he done for St. Louis? Nothing. And and the reality is, you know, he was great with us, uh, with us, the Jays. So you know, it's it's really hard to predict what's going to be working well for relievers. And and I mean, on the surface, though, looks like a good deal. Mm-hmm. For now, <laughs> but moving on. The Cleveland Indians, sorry, we sit on that one for like a really short period of time, but we do have to move on. There's not much to say about the deal. Could be a good deal. Could be a bad deal. Hard to believe. It's a reliever deal. Yeah, exactly. It's a reliever deal. Yeah. So the Indians continued their string of trades, and they traded Yonder Alonso, their other first baseman. So let me just, before I continue, say that they traded Encarnacion, who can play first base. They traded Yonder Diaz, who can play first base. And they traded Yonder Alonso who can play for space. And they traded Jan Gomes. So there's a whole lot of yawning going on. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really? Yonder Alonso, Jan Gomes, Yandy Diaz. Oh, my gosh. There's a lot of yawning, Dylan. I, what am I? What, hey, hey, it's just... The Late truth. Friday night, the, the Cleveland Indians traded Yonder Alonso to the White Sox in exchange <laughs> for Alex Call, a Sorry. young outfielder in the Sox system. Something worth noting... And it's completely unrelated. Well, actually, it kind of is. But it's ridiculous to think this would influence anything. But the media decided to go crazy on it, so I figured I'd tell you. 
Alonzo is married to the sister of Manny Machado, who is meeting with the White Sox at some point this week. Interesting trade. Just saying. Do you yep. think that it was a, this was a good trade for the White Sox, who already have Jose Abreu, Abreu sorry, as a first baseman, and he's married to Machado's sister? Could this lead to anything? No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what else do you say to that? That's, I mean, why would that have anything to do with anything other than... I don't know, but the, the American media decided to go left. crazy for it. I'm not even going to acknowledge that. I'm not. I mean, really, the, the, the funny thing is, though, I, I don't know that that has anything to do with anything. And, and it's just another case where Cleveland has simply just dismantled a little bit. And, and the reason they're doing it is they see opportunity to get prospects and and build a longer-term competitive window. I don't blame them for it, but I just think that the White Sox are seeing it too. And because they're seeing it too, that's why they're on Bryce Harper and others. Um, And watch out. Watch out. Because, you know, (laughs) this might be the worst decision Cleveland made. It might be the best if the White Sox are a place where nobody wants to go, which is exactly what I think they are. But... It is. It is interesting. It's an interesting division right now. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it's any player's dream job to have bullets fired at them every morning when they come to work. I wouldn't think so, but no. it is. A, it is an interesting thought, you know, especially if the White Sox are after both Harper and Machado. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. I, 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 you know, if they land them, they win the division. There's no question. They don't need yeah. pitching. Uh, but the uh, the oh, they have Jordan Romano, so they definitely don't need pitching. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I thought Romano went to Texas, no? No, he went to the White Sox. Oh, okay. For some reason, I thought I saw an article about him on, in Texas. But, um, but yeah, anyway, uh, the White Sox, I think, are, are, are potentially in on a lot of names. But until something gets signed, it's still Cleveland's division to win. And Cleveland knows it. And they're making these deals because of it. Yeah. Um, it, like you said, if the White Sox land Machado or Harper, it's over especially with what the Indians have been doing. So I think it's going to be interesting, and I think that the Central Division is all going to depend on the White Sox, believe it or not, because we've seen what the Indians are doing. They've already begun doing it. They're like halfway through the process. If the White Sox land a big free agent, maybe not even Harper or Machado, maybe if there's someone else in the market that we're just not thinking of, maybe that'll work too. But, I mean, it's, it's over if the White Sox land one of those two. Moving on. The Orioles finally have a new manager. His name, Brandon Hyde, the former Cubs bench coach. Um, first of all, what did you think about the hiring? Second of all, a lot, well, a couple big candidates that everyone was saying was going to get a man, were going to get a managerial job, did didn't end up getting a job this offseason, like Stubby Clap, like Joe Espada. So first. Is it a good, good choice for manager with this young team? I think so. I mean, I don't know what's going on with Joe Espada because, you know, I know he was in on that. Well, I mean, it is the Orioles. But, um, <laughs> but you know, I mean, I thought Espada was, was a shoe-in for the Jays too. And, and again, he's not there. And, and that surprises me a lot. Um, maybe he needs to work on his interviewing skills. I don't know. But I think that Hyde is – I mean, Hyde interviewed for the Jays too uh, briefly. And I think – you know, it's a good choice. I mean, you're coming from a Joe Madden bench, and there's yeah. nothing wrong with ever coming from a Joe Madden bench. So the Orioles aren't going to win because of him, but they aren't going to be worse than last year because of him either, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think, I think it's a decent 
hiring because of the fact that he's from a Joe Madden coaching staff. And I think Joe Madden is probably one of the best managers to ever manage a big league club. And if you're coming from there, it's always, it's usually at least going to be a viable pick. And so I think that Brandon Hyde was going to, I thought he was going to get a job this off season purely based on the Madden factor. And he ended up getting a job with the Orioles and it's going to take some time for them to win. So if they suck Orioles fans, don't blame it on Hyde. You're going to blame it on your garbage players and the fact that you guys didn't rebuild sooner. Um, but, I mean, I think it's a great hiring. And I'm, and I'm a little bit surprised that Stubby Clap and Joe Espada didn't get hired. Obviously, Espada has the Spanish factor to him that people wanted for their young Dominican prospects. The Jays wanted him, at least for that. Um, and Stubby Clap, who has worked in the minors before, who has worked with prospects, knows how it's going to go. Perfect for a rebuilding team. Didn't get a job either, so it kind of surprises me. I think Stubby Claps on the radar for other jobs in the future, I think, especially since he's joining the Cardinals Major League staff. I think that's the one thing that most of these teams looked at and said, hey, you know, he's had some winning ways in the minor leagues, which is, is fantastic. But all of these managers that were hired this year from, from Montoyo to Hyde to, uh, to Rocco Baldelli all had – major league coaching staff experience and and i think that that's where you know i think that's where the difference was i think stubby clap is absolutely a future manager no question really surprised by espada still is surprised by that yeah stubby i I think is just all he needs is that major league experience which is going to get this year and Mm -hmm. uh and then you know he's good to go for one of the next roles that comes up inevitably there's three or four that get fired every year and he's, he's going to be one that, that's set up to replace one of them. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. I didn't think of that, the uh, having coached in the big leagues factor, because that is true about all the, uh, all, all the guys who got hired. They had all coached in the big leagues before. I think, I think that's maybe something that teams are starting to look for now. Well, I think so. I think they're looking for the minor league winning ways. I mean, you look at Montoyo, and, and you know, he's won a jillion championships in the, uh, the minor leagues. <laughs> yeah. But but he needed those couple of years in Tampa Bay on on Cash's bench that you know got an opportunity in the bigs and then you know after those couple of years perfect choice for for the Jays I mean mm-hmm. you know he might be the biggest steal of the offseason in the end I would have to agree with that I think it's a great hire yeah. but we have to move on uh, Monday it was announced that Michael Brantley and the Houston Astros had agreed to a two year thirty million dollar deal with a two million dollar signing bonus um, we predicted Brantley would go to the Braves. The deal was made official today. Do you have any thoughts on the deal? And then I'll share mine on why we thought he was going to go to the Braves. But do you have any thoughts on the deal as you see it now? Shrewd move by Alex Anthopoulos usually is. And it's an opportunity for some, some depth out there in the, uh, the Braves lineup. And uh, he, he, got, he got signed with the Astros. We thought he was going to sign with the Braves, but he got signed with the oh, Astros. not so shrewd a move then, uh, <laughs> Alex Anthopoulos. Can we edit this? Uh, I don't know. Well, well, no, actually, because I'm, I'm not too it's sure okay. how to do that. It's okay to make mistakes, Dylan. It's okay. No, it's not. <laughs> but anyway, the Astros, I thought they went to the, the Braves. Okay, well, that's good. No! The Astros, you know what, the Astros... You should know this. What? <laughs> hey, listen. It, it happened two see. days ago. What's that? It happened two days ago. I'm a concussed Gus, all right? Oh, my gosh. You I'm hit your head on a shelf. Get over it. Even though I don't have one. <laughs> but you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna just say this: the Astros didn't need him. There you go. No, and that's that. But you know who did? The Braves. <laughs> Thanks Don for your Don and Don. Valid Owned opinions. It. We appreciate it. 
Um, so we thought, or I had predicted, since I did the free agency, that was a nice slurp. <laughs> what was a slurp? Oh, I heard you slurp on, I don't know what it was. I was Water. I guess, yeah, yeah, figured. Um, Thanks for calling me out on it, too. Appreciate you're it. welcome. Well, well, I'm mean, pretty sure everybody will hear it. Yeah, they will. And I figured I'd give them some context so that they didn't wonder what it was. But we predicted that Michael Brantley would go to the Atlanta Braves because of the fact that they were probably going to lose Nick Markakis and they needed someone to play right field for them with a great outfield of Acuna and Inciarte already. I think Inciarte. No, no. Never mind. Um, but they needed a right fielder. And I thought that Michael Brantley was their guy, but I guess not. Maybe the Astros gave him a better contract. He enjoyed that more. He went there. Uh, a little surprised to see that he didn't go to the Braves, though. Yeah. I mean, I thought he did, so there you go. <laughs> there you um, go. I it mean, was re- you're right. I mean, I am surprised he didn't go to the Braves. I think he fit mm-hmm. better there. Uh, I do, too. Money speaks. So. Yep. Uh, it was reported a couple days ago. I think it was reported last Friday and then last Sunday. The Rockies had considered trading for Justin Smoke, or they were talking to the Blue Jays about Justin, about Justin Smoke. And then on Sunday, the Giants had discussed a deal involving Kevin Pollard. Is this valid? Could this go anywhere? Well, it is valid. I mean, I mean, both teams need both players. I, I think that the, <laughs> I think it could go somewhere. I mean, if you're going to make the right offer to Ross Atkins, he's going to trade anybody from Stroman to Sanchez to Smoke to Morales to Pilar. I mean, you know what? We we love Pilar for his defense. He can't hit a lick, but uh, you know, and he tries. I mean, he does have a good April every year, but uh, but I mean, you know, I, I think Atkins is open to moving and moving everybody. I mean, he's yep. willing. I think Shapiro and Atkins are willing to take a hundred loss season this year. I think that's what they're willing to take. The yeah. question is, will the fan base well, take the a one-hundred loss season? Well, the fan base is going to have to suck it up because you know what? You're going to end up with ten years of winning, and and you just have to wait for that winning to come. And it's not going to be this year. So watch the kids. Have fun watching the kids. They're going to lose a lot, but they're kids, and and they're going to be a blast to watch. You're going to watch Vladdy Jr. still hit thirty-five home runs this year. And that's going to be after May when he finally gets up to the middle. <laughs> so, you know what? There's still going to be a lot of fun to watch. Put the winning aside. It's not going to happen, but they will be a blast to watch because the kids are coming up, and it's going to be the future team that you're looking at. Look, the, the Houston Astros had a 100-loss season before they become became a perennial contender, essentially. And they didn't – granted, the fans didn't show up. They had like a 1,000 a game, right? But now look at them. And all those players are still there for the most part. And, and I think that the Jays fans need to understand that if we move a Pilar, if they move a Smoke, if they move these guys, yeah, it's going to hurt. But all the prospects and everything that they get back will be a sustained winner down the road. And I think mm-hmm. that that is really what you have to look at is the future coming up. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I think that you're going to have to suck it up because you're going to lose a lot of games this year. It's the kids. It's their first year in the big leagues. I think you'll get some good starts, some great starts out of Ryan Baraki, who showed how good he was last year. I think Thomas Pannon will be good. Sean Reed Foley, it's going to be a development year for him, just like it's going to be for Guerrero when he comes up. Obviously, he's going to have to get adjusted to the league. It'll take him about two days, but he, he will have to get adjusted to the league, and as will the rest of the prospects coming up. So um, trading Smoke, trading Pilar, I don't think it'd be that awful of a move if I'm being completely honest. It opens the door for a forced wall to come up to the big leagues whenever he's ready, if that is this season. So I don't think it's going to be that bad of a move. And by the way, 
question for all of our listeners out there. Should the next guy that I hate on be Kendrys Morales? Twitter poll coming out after the episode. Yeah, what are you going to do now? Tulowitzki worked out for like a thousand teams yesterday. Are you, are you surprised by that? I, know I am shocked, and that's what we're getting into next. So it's oh, not up top. Well, there you go. It's not up top. I know you can't see that page in the dark I can't room. I can because room, you but... put your room in the dark, which is probably I didn't put I you anywhere. to be right now with how I knew about that Braves trade. But whatever. Yeah. Or, uh, see, it's terrible. Wow. It's been a rough day for you. Well, I hit my head. Keep using that as an excuse. Milk that. <laughs> Milk that as long as you can. Saturday, Going to. it was reported that the Cubs, who have shortstop Addison Russell suspended until May 4th for domestic abuse, are looking at Troy Tulowitzki and Daniel Descalso as two potential fits. Tulo was recently released by the Blue Jays. I didn't make a comment. I didn't make a comment. And Descalso has been a viable option up the middle for several years. So who do you think that they should go for? And then we'll get into Tulowitzki working out for half the league after that. Well, I guess Descalso, because you've got the most proof that he can still be in the league for seven minutes at least. But, <laughs> um, but I, I mean, other than that, I, I, I think, you know, obviously the potential is better with Tulo, but, um, but the potential is all too low. The potential is also, years. the potential is also his nail gives out and then he sits on the bench for a year. Well, I'm pretty sure he's going to wink too hard and he's going to miss the whole season. So, you know, it's, I don't know. It's, you never know. You never know when those eyelids will get stuck down there. And it'll that's right. That's right. Season. You got high crusties in the morning. You got to take a season off. Yeah. But, Toenails yeah. falling off. Tough luck. You're going to be nothing. Bad joke. Bad joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm ashamed. Toenails? Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. I know. Okay. Keep going. That's the cost of good quality, folks. That's right. That's right. Um, but yeah, I think Descalzo would be a, a much better option than Tulowitzki. I mean, I, that's what you all should have expected me to say if you didn't expect that. Yeah, but you're wrong. Have not heard them. What do you mean I'm wrong? Well, come on. It's Tulo. Have yeah. you seen the way the guy's played? <laughs> he, no, he's played just fine. He just, he just <laughs> can't play. Did, <laughs> Did you just like make a hyena noise or something? I don't know what that was. If I knew, I'd tell you what it was. Um, <laughs> What's that? It makes me a little terrified right now. But I'm in a dark room. Tulowitzki has been bad in the 10 games that he's played over the past two years. Also, he's played 10 games over the past two years. Yeah. Like, come on. Listen, I know. I know. But the, look, the reason, and I know it's segueing into the next topic, which is probably a good thing, but... Uh, you the cannot reason... see that list, can you? I, I, no, I can't. Is that the next? Okay. But it is the next topic, right? In a way. You know what? We can change the order of the topics too, Diesel. But, okay. Continue. Sorry. Yeah. So anyway, what I was going to say. <laughs> anyway, uh, I was going to say that Tulo is working out for half the league. And he's working out for half the league for a reason. There's a, there's a potential for some kind of huge benefit here. You're going to sign him at the major league minimum. Because the Blue Jays are paying his thirty-eight million dollars, <laughs> that hurts. <sighs> and uh, and but you're going to sign a major league minimum and potentially get a sleep well, not a superstar anymore, but potentially get an average shortstop at the very best. And and that's not bad because if the rest of your team is in good shape, an average you never know when he'll get a scab. You never know when he'll get a scab and be done for his career. <laughs> All right, if you're going to just but, hate but... on Tulo, how can you not? <laughs> It's too easy. Why do we have he to bring up Tulo in every episode? Because he worked out for half the league. Well, 
he did, I know. But can he just get signed so I don't have to talk about him anymore? I don't know. He's he's irrelevant. Well, I mean, he is relevant, <laughs> but he, he should be irrelevant. Um, moving on. The Mets added a catcher that was not JT Romuto, who, by the way, the Braves are now out on, surprisingly. And now the Mets are, too, with Wilson Ramos, as we have mentioned. Uh, he agreed to a two-year, $19 million deal with the New York Mets. They've been, the Mets have been one of the most active teams in the league this offseason. So is the rebuild that they were going to go through, is that off? Maybe. Robbie um, Cano, Edwin Diaz, Wilson Ramos. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, they're certainly proving that it could be off. Uh, the Mets are a weird animal because they, they have it's a the strange... Mets. Well, they have a strange owner. They're the and, Orioles of the NL. Well, really, yeah, they are. They have a strange owner, and they have an agent as a general manager. I don't think you can predict the next move for the Mets, and that's so Metsy. <laughs> I mean, it really, is. it really is. There's no way to predict what they're going to do next, and that's so Mets. Uh, I, I mean, that's all I can really say about that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, it's a good move. Uh, it, it certainly takes them out, out of the Real Muto, Real Muto sweepstakes, but... Listen, I, I don't know what the Mets are doing, and and, and I, guess I don't think anyone else off. in the league does either. Quite honestly, I don't think anyone else knows what the Mets are doing. No, I mean, but maybe that's just the Mets, and that's how they're always going to be. And sometimes they'll get close to the World Series, and you'll be like, wow, the Mets. And then for the next 10 years, they'll do absolutely nothing because they still mm-hmm. make moves like this. So, But I think, that, I think that Wilson Ramos is a good signing for the team, but I do think that it is a very Mets move. Now, staying on topic of the Mets for a quick second, you know, with Syndergaard, there have been a lot of rumors surrounding him, but he has been able to have a little bit of fun with it. I don't know if you all saw, but he changed his Twitter bio. It was Thor, pitcher for the New York Mets, that type of stuff. And then he wrote, Sportsnet New York is trying to trade me in his Twitter bio, which I found quite funny. Go look at it for yourself. And then the Mets announced a promotion today for April 27th, a Game of Thrones-themed night with a Noah Syndergaard bobblehead. He comments on that Instagram post saying, Haha, you guys can't trade me now. So... Syndergaard has been able to have a little bit of fun with all the media attention he's been receiving for a possible trade. And I'm a little bit surprised that since they're acquiring all these players, that they're still considering trading Syndergaard. I don't think they're considering trading Syndergaard. I think the. But the Padres are in on him. Uh, so you know it's legit. On him. Everybody's going to call on Noah Syndergaard. But the, the reality is, you, you listen on everybody. I mean, you'd be dumb not to. I, you know. You, even the Jays listen on Vlad Guerrero Jr. They're not going to move him, but they listen. You'd be dumb not to. What if they're going to give you half the farm system? You don't know, right? So I think this is just But Guerrero is probably the equivalent to 20 of the 30 teams' farm system I'm entirely. Sure he is, and that's so. why he's not going anywhere. But the reality is you got to keep your ears open. If you're a good GM, you've got to listen to the offers for your players, and I think that's all the Mets are doing with Syndergaard. And yes, it creates rumors, and it creates a lot of fun at the winter meetings, and it creates a lot of fun in the off-season, in the hot stove season, but I don't think it's going anywhere. I don't think Noah is going anywhere, and I think that's why he's having fun with it, because he knows that too. He knows the Mets are listening, but unless you're going to give the Mets a a Vlad Jr. for Noah, you're you're not going to move him. So it's just just listening right now. Yeah. I guess, but I mean, if he does trade it, you're going to come back and take that statement back, and it's going to. <laughs> I be will fun. happily do so. <laughs> now, moving on to our final topic: other off-season news. Ian Kinsler signed a two-year, eight million dollar deal with the Man. league's most competitive franchise, the San Diego Padres. 
James McCann signed a one-year $2.5 million deal with the White Sox. That's going to put them over the top. The Angels signed designated hitter and first baseman Justin Bohr to a one-year $2.5 million deal. Don't. Um, (laughs) He he played for the Marlins last year at the beginning of the year and was very productive, went to the Phillies, and played like a pile of garbage. And the Angels also signed the MLB's most irrelevant pitcher, Matt Harvey, to a one-year deal. Now, as I close this podcast... I would like to mention that we consider ourselves to be the least emotion-driven podcast on the oh, planet. Oh, yeah, okay. With, okay. with no Go bias between chair. players. I'm not sure about that. With no bias between players whatsoever. Thank you for joining us in this episode of 211's Baseball Talk. It's been fun. We will not have an episode next week, unfortunately. We will come back, hopefully, with an episode on Tuesday, the week after. So we hope you have a Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for tuning in. For Chris Baker, I'm Dylan Baker. This has been episode 9 of 211's Baseball Talk.